Hi everyone, welcome to Murders in Paradise. I am Jen, joined as always by Dear Dad. Good evening. Good evening, Dear Dad. How are things tonight? Things are as as usual. Okay, that's pretty good, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you got anything you want to talk about before we start talking about murder? Uh, no. I thought I had a thought, but I forgot it. Okay. Well, if you TBH, if it comes back, you're welcome to bring it back up. This again. is live radio right here. It's it's highly edited, and I can take that part <laughs> out if you want. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's actually not all that edited. We Super just live. Go with it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So this week we're doing the case of Betty Newmar, our first female perpetrator. Mm. Uh, maybe. Equal rights. Excellent. <laughs> maybe perpetrator. Uh, okay. So this starts in North Carolina, but it does come back here to the Keys. Well, it's a very mobile society. Yeah. All right. So we've got Betty Newmar. She's been married five times in her life. Wow. All right. So we're going to start with her fourth husband. All right. Harold? I don't mean, mean to judge either. I mean, wow. You know, you be you, woman. Get five, five, five husbands. It's fine. She's had a string of bad luck. Uh, okay. They're all dead. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with number four, who's Harold Gentry. Uh, they live together in... North Carolina, and Harold Gentry is shot and killed in his house. He's shot on a Sunday. His body is found the next Monday night, and apparently his body has bloated quite a bit from the interviews that I heard with detectives and from his brother who showed up on the scene. Uh, His body was huge and bloated, and it was like a real terrible, traumatizing sight for everyone. And uh, so the brother shows up at the house and kind of sees the body. While he's there, the wife shows up and she's like, she's standing outside with the brother. And she's like, just, you know, I've been out of town all weekend, so I didn't have anything to do with it. And then the brother's (laughs) like, so I immediately thought she had something to do with it. Yes. Uh, She she defends where none accuses. Yeah. He's like, I'd be asking like, why did this happen? How did it happen? What's going on? And instead she's like, I didn't have anything to do with it. I was out of town. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the brother, now this is in the 80s. Uh, The brother kind of spends his whole adult life trying to f- get justice for the, for his brother's murder. So it was 1986 mm. that Harold Gentry was shot. And, uh, and the brother is convinced that the wife, Betty, Betty Newmar, who is then Betty Gentry, uh, hired a hitman to do it. Hired a hitman? Yeah. So she was out of town, but uh, there are a couple people who said that she had approached them asking if they'd be willing to take care of the husband in exchange for a payout that would come from his life insurance. Um, And so the brother is kind of conducting his own investigation. Now, obviously it's a murder, right? He was shot and killed in his house. It definitely wasn't suicide, Uh, but it, it just kind of goes cold. And this guy, they, 
the BBC did a documentary about this case and they're interviewing the wife of the brother and she's like, every time we'd be driving and it would be vaguely in the direction of the sheriff's department, we'd go there. So he's just like pestering them and pestering them. And finally, the f- and they're just not that good at it. They're just not doing it. Uh-huh. And so he's amassing, you know, over 20 years, this huge file on her of all these people that he's talked to. Yeah. Um, there's a new sheriff that gets elected. He's the fourth sheriff since this case. Wow. And on the first day he starts, the brother is in his office <laughs> with the file and he gives it to the guy. And the guy's like, I looked through it for three minutes and then called the district attorney and was like, we have to do this. And none of the other sheriffs cared enough to do that yeah i mean it's unclear if they really thought that she didn't have anything to do with it if they just willing weren't willing to investigate um but this sheriff he gets the file and he's like looks legit to me uh and they open an investigation and nine months later they arrest her so Mm. they do a lot of digging they don't just rely on this dude's file right but they arrest her and uh she's charged with hiring a hitman to kill her husband and so that's sort of the start of all this and then someone's like huh she's had five husbands and they're all dead (laughs) what a string of bad luck we should maybe look a little bit more into this and uh so so there's a lot of stories out there that are like oh she's this black widow oh she killed all these husbands that doesn't seem to be the case uh there she may have killed some of them (laughs) So the first husband, she married right out of high school in 1950. His name was Clarence Malone. They got married in 1950. She had just graduated from high school. She was 18. Um, She had filed charges in the 50s against him for abuse, saying she was molested. They got Mm. divorced nine months later. 20 years after that, uh, he was shot and killed. He had been married twice after her. Uh, It seems unlikely that she'd hold a 20-year grudge and then hire a hitman to go shoot him after she had been off, like, living her own life for 20 Mm. years. I don't know. She didn't get anything out of it, like, you know, no life insurance Mm. or anything because they'd been divorced. She figured out how to do it and was like, who else can I have killed? (laughs) Oh, that guy was a real prize. So that's... It's interesting that he was shot and killed, though. It absolutely... Absolutely, isn't everything in here is wasn't a car accident? No, that's right. He was shot in the back and killed. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sure it was unsolved. Uh, yeah, I believe it remains unsolved. I, I yeah. got some suggestions. Um, yeah, so so that was a homicide. Um, okay, so then she gets married to her second husband. James Flynn. So she did have a kid with the first husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gets married to her second husband. Obviously, the first husband is not around. Right. They've only were married for nine months. Uh, and so the second husband adopts the son from the first marriage. Uh, and this guy apparently was also an alcoholic. They got married and she, and then he also died. How? Well, he died on a pier, which, of course, is a where and not a how. Yeah. Uh, And it was somewhere in New York, which is also a where and not a how. So Mm. some people... So so she has told various stories. Some people she has told he was shot. Some people she's told 
that he froze to death. And I heard an interview with her. She, the BBC managed to get her to talk at the end of their investigation. And she said he was an alcoholic and he was sleeping in his truck on a pier and he froze to death in his truck. Hmm. Um, it apparently wasn't investigated all that much. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Uh, they had a daughter. Her name is Peggy. Okay. Uh, but this was like the, they got married, I think, in 1953 maybe. Uh, And they were only married for a couple years before he died. Okay. So now she is married to Richard Stills in the mid-60s. She gets married. He's in the Navy and is uh, stationed down here at Key West Naval Air Station. They live on Big Coppet, which is like mile marker 10 outside of Key West. All right. So this one is interesting. Uh, I think the other ones are pretty interesting too. Yeah. Uh, This one, I think, is more suspicious than the first two. So they are in their, I think they're living in a trailer in Big Coppet. And they're having an argument. They interviewed the daughter, Peggy, and she's like, I was there, right? Because she's the daughter of the second husband, but the second husband died. So she's living with mom. Because she's, what, 10, 12? Maybe not. Yeah, probably at that age, she was like 10 or 12 uh, or at, at this time. Uh, oh, 1967 is when this was. So yeah, yeah, she's probably 10 or 12. Um, so they're having an argument and Peggy's like, I was in the living room. I heard them having an argument in the bedroom and then there's a gunshot and he's dead. Now she says he killed himself. Right. The story that she gave in the BBC documentary is that he's screaming. He's an alcoholic. He's drunk. He's screaming and yelling that she took his bottle of vodka and she's like, I was like, Nope, your bottle of vodka is like right here, apparently in the bedroom somewhere. She gives him the bottle of vodka. And then she says, and he goes, and someone took my gun too. And she says, no, your guns in the drawer next to the bed, just like it always is. And then he pulls out the gun from the drawer and shoots himself in the chest. In the chest. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is suspicious because normally when people shoot yeah. themselves, especially when men shoot themselves, they either put the gun in their mouth or they put it up to their temple. They yeah. shoot themselves in the head. Because that's what you see in TV. It's very rare that people shoot themselves in the chest because like, people, your heart's not that big. People don't know exactly where it is. You don't want to miss and just like puncture a lung. No, that's where someone would shoot you. Yeah. In the chest. Uh, so the... So the police show up, or there's a gunshot, and this is the story that she tells him. Uh, the local police rule that a suicide, but because he's in the Navy, the NCIS, the Naval Criminal Investigative yeah, Service, comes in, um, and they kind of conduct the main part of the investigation here. Now, it's already been ruled a suicide, so they're not really looking too deep into it, um, but... They have, they collect the body. All right, so they don't do an autopsy. Uh, They just know that there was a bullet that pierced his heart, and the medical examiner for the Navy was like, and one may have sliced his liver too. (coughs) So then he shot himself twice in the abdomen. That's some good medical examination right there. Yeah, Uh, Shoots himself in the liver first and then in the heart. Um, but they don't do an autopsy, um, and that's it. And then he's buried, and wow, the end. 
Okay. So once all of this stuff comes up with the fourth husband, they're like, well, we'd better check that out. So this, so 2008, I think, is when they finally arrested her for the murder of the fourth husband. He died in 1986, so it's like 22 years later she finally gets arrested for it when that fourth sheriff has come into office. So 2009, after she's been arrested and she's awaiting trial, they're like, okay, well, we got to take a look at husband number three. Like, this was sort of suspicious. So they're going to do it. Yeah, so they're going to exhume his body and do an autopsy. (sighs) But Florida investigators are like, well, we're not going to exhume his body because the statute of limitations have expired. Because in Florida, GR dad, there is a statute of limitations on some categories of homicide. That includes involuntary manslaughter, but not first-degree murder. Apparently, they decided, well, this could nice. be involuntary so lazy. Such a dumb justification. Uh, so this, the son of husband number three from a different woman, because uh, I think the uh, husband number three had been married before. Yeah. Uh, so his son was like, come on. <laughs> like That's my dad. Yeah. And... Uh, and he asks NCIS to investigate because Florida are the ones that are saying, oh, no, the statute of limitations has expired. We're not going to exhume him. So he goes to the Navy and he's like, come on. And the Navy's like, heck yes. <laughs> Except that doesn't happen. And we'll come back to that in a minute. Ooh. Okay. So, uh, so we've talked about husband number four. He is the one where the whole investigation here started. Yep. Uh, he died in 1986. And then she did end up getting married a fourth, fifth. I'm sorry, a fifth time uh, to John Newmar. He died in 2007. So just before she got arrested for murdering the fourth husband, um, he had like sepsis and like a whole bunch of just like system failures. Like his, his mm. whole kind of body was shutting down. Uh, I don't know how suspicious this one is. That's like, well, it could be a symptom of arsenic poisoning. So it could be she started poisoning him. Uh, His kids are like, he was never sick for a day in his life, but he was like an older dude. So he totally could have been sick. Uh, It was not ruled suspicious. They did investigate it and they said that it wasn't ruled suspicious. I wonder how much life insurance she collected on him. Yeah, she actually said in that interview... uh, Something like fifty thousand dollars. You'd think the insurance company would look into this. I mean, wasn't it the guy with the high action-packed expense account, the insurance investigator? Where's he in all this? <laughs> Johnny, whatever his name. Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar. Why, why isn't yeah. he looking into this? These insurance companies <laughs> are just paying out on these dubious claims. Yeah, it's interesting. The uh, the BBC was interviewing her. And they've got this like very British dude, and he, and she's like, I don't know why anybody thinks I'd murder them. And he's like, Well, some people have claimed it's because of the insurance money. And she's like, Well, I got something to tell those people. Like, I didn't get anything from husband number one. <laughs> 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 and then she's like, And I only got twenty thousand dollars from this guy, and fifty thousand dollars from this guy. And it's like, Hmm. You really people, know exactly, don't you? People have killed for a lot less than that. You also. really know exactly the amount, don't you? Yeah. Well, it's uh, only 29626 for husband number three. So, uh, so she gets arrested for killing husband number four. She gets let out on bond. Mm. They don't think she's going to make the bond, but she 
it's like a three hundred thousand dollar. It's a weird number, but around three hundred thousand dollar bond. But she makes it, mm-hmm. so she's out before the trial. And uh, in two thousand eleven, before she's able to be tried, she dies herself. She was seventy nine. Okay. So she just died. Uh, I think <laughs> they don't. Oh, she had cancer. No, she died of cancer. Yeah, um, and so the big copet case that the Navy said, yes, we'll investigate. Right. When she died, they're like, never mind. Right? Because they can't, they're, now there's like... There's nobody to blame. Yeah. Is yeah. That you can't charge, charge anybody with it. So we never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. This guy All could be them, riddled with bullets. He could be. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there was that medical examiner who says it looks like he was shot twice. Now, I guess they didn't immediately investigate it as a homicide because he could have, the bullet could have gone through his heart. I guess if he had shot himself on the left side, gone through his heart and then nicked his liver. Oh, sure. Uh, the way you're describing this, you'd have to hold the gun I'm trying in your to hold armpit, the gun, yeah. In your you, own armpit? It's yeah, gross. it's like, if you want to shoot yourself in the, chart, the chest, you're going to hold that gun with the barrel against your chest yeah. and pull the trigger with your have thumb like or whatever. backwards in your hands, yeah. Uh, but yeah, for the bullet to travel that way, it's got to travel left to right so you'd have to, top to hold it yeah. kind of top to bottom. I mean, it could sort of go straight-ish across, but you're going to have to have the gun on your side to do that, which is an awfully weird thing to do. I'm pretty sure I know what happened. Yeah. So uh, It's just such a failure in the system, right? Where it's like somebody just decides that it's suicide and then everything else ceases. Yeah. And the, not based on science either, just like, ah, Yeah, she says he killed himself. He was, yeah. I mean, he was clearly drunk at the time. Every, everyone sort of agrees he was drunk. Uh, he killed himself in the middle of an argument, and they're like, okay, but there's so many cases like this. Like, the more true crime stuff you listen to, there's a lot of this stuff where it's yeah. like, looks like suicide, and then it's like, that would be a weird suicide, but it's, who knows if it's like sometimes lazy cops who just don't want to investigate, they don't care about the victim, yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah, it's probably knows? true. They're probably like, this guy's a jerk anyway. And this is like back in the mid '60s too, right? So things are a lot different than less forensic than they are. Yeah, way yeah. less forensic. Um, so yeah, there's five dead husbands. You know, I think certainly for the first one that they're married for nine months, they're divorced. It's 20 years later; both of them have been, been married and divorced, and married and divorced, and they don't have anything to do with each other. It would be weird that she just contracts to have him shot, and she doesn't have anything to gain from it. Because uh, all of these other deaths, you can go, okay, well, maybe for the insurance money mm. is why she had them killed. Or number three, right, they're having an argument and she gets pissed off and shoots him. Mm. Number four, they were married for a long time, and like 19 years or something. So maybe for the insurance money, maybe she was just tired of him. Uh, I think he did cheat on her. She mm. said all mm. of her husbands cheated on her except the last one, so it could be she was pissed off about that. Um but it doesn't, none of it sounds like super vengeancey stuff, much more like hmm. I'm pissed off about a specific thing, not, you know, I've held this grudge forever and now I'm going to carry it out. Dear Dad is giving me a skeptical look. I don't know, man. It's weird. It's just, it's just, yeah, I, you know, some of it can be coincidence, but it's coincidence. It's a, a lot of dead A lot of people spouses. getting shot, yeah. Yeah, and at some point in here, she's talking about some somebody else. I don't know if it's, I think one of the kids of her last husband. So her last mm-hmm. husband she married. Sepsis guy. 
the sepsis guy. So he sorry. It's, no, that's I mean yeah. you're gonna keep them all straight. Uh, he died, and she. So they're interviewing his kids, right? She kind of moved to this small town. Somebody basically set them up, said to the guy, like, hey, you'll really like this lady. She's like, has a hair salon. Like, go get your hair cut and meet her. They were married, like, less than a year later. And the kids are talking about how she was sort of isolating him from the family. Like, they all live in this small town, but the grandkids weren't allowed to come over. Uh, She'd be really cold to them, wouldn't let him go see them, wouldn't let them come over to the house. So when the dad dies... She doesn't tell any of them. Oh, come and on. And she has him cremated. The son is like... She had I've, him cremated? And the son says, I found out he died when I opened the paper in the morning and I read his obituary. Oh, he didn't know because she, she wouldn't let him talk to anybody. She killed him too. And then he's like, he had bought a plot in the cemetery next to our mom. Like, that's where he wanted to be buried. And she won't give us the ashes so we can bury them there. And there, the BBC guy's interviewing her and he's like, the son said you won't give him the ashes he's like he never asked for the ashes he's like well will you give him to him he wants him she's like well i would have but now i won't because she's like she totally killed that guy yeah so what is it arsenic you can find in bones strychnine arsenic it the the immediate cremation and they're like he was a catholic so he would not have wanted to be cremated and who knows cover up so yeah it's uh it's all a little bit suspicious. The first one, I'm bit, not suspicious. It's a of. lot suspicious. You're very, you seem very suspicious of the first uh, husband. The first one only gets weird with all the other ones. With all from, the other yeah, ones. No, yeah. No, inherently, you wouldn't necessarily think, yeah, she's gonna kill someone 20 years later. Yeah. Uh, but you, but with everything else, and like, he yeah, also second husband gets shot died on a pier. Maybe was shot. Maybe yeah. he was knocked over the head and froze to death. You know, maybe he was carbon monoxide. Did, yeah, who I knows? Know. I mean, if, she could, if she's a killer, she's going to kill him. No, that's right. And he sounds like he was kind of an alcoholic and a jerk to her. So this she would have alcoholic thing is also you drug someone and then you kill him. Could be. I mean, she's right. My, I don't know. Yeah. I, hmm. uh, yeah. I got, I got ideas. I think that one is just like so vague and. And a lot of people have tried to look into this because, of course, this was a really sensational thing. Oh. They want to find out all the stuff about all the husbands. And there's just so little information that anyone could dig up about the death of that second husband. Um, so there's just not that much there. But the third one seems super dodgy. Fourth one, she was arrested and charged with, right? right. Was going to go to trial on that one. Um, and, yeah, the fifth one... Like, I was listening to this, I had downloaded, like, the audio of the BBC documentary, and I was listening to it on a run, and the son was like, yeah, I didn't know he died until, like, I opened the paper, and there was his obituary, and I was like, oh, God, like, I don't I don't get, like, super heartfelt about, like, all these people, like, I feel bad for them, but, like, I don't, you know, have, like, these intense uh-huh. emotional responses, but I was like, God, like, that's just the worst, because you can tell that they interviewed the wife of that son, Mm -hmm. in this documentary and she's like he would just lay in our bed and cry and be like what did i do that my dad doesn't love me anymore like what can i do to get my relationship back with my dad like he clearly had this very close relationship up until she broke it all betty showed up and kind of isolated him and like loved his dad such a valuable relationship to him you know is crying as this you know kind of tough southern adult male about losing this connection with his dad and then to on top of all that to be like, and he died and I didn't even know that he was sick. And I found out, I was like, Oh God, it's just like, she killed him. There's just no doubt. So terrible. She's, she's frying in hell right now. 
So uh, she was not a real sympathetic character. And the BBC was very objective about this. They're like, here's all the husbands. And it sort of opens up with like, is this a case of like a woman who killed all these husbands or is it a case of you know, this one angry brother who really wants to hold her responsible for the murder of the fourth husband and has just like had this vendetta against her for 20 years. And now that she's finally arrested, this media frenzy to call her this black widow is, you know, painting her in this bad light. Like that's what we want to look at here. So they Mm. didn't go in saying, oh, she did this, you know, here's this black widow. It's like, did she do it or not? And they don't even draw a conclusion. They just go, here's the first, here's the second, here's, you know, here's what everybody says about all these let's talk to her at the end. And they're like, we were just getting ready to leave. And she's like, okay, come over. And we went over and talked to her. And, uh, and I was ready to be like, it's all a little fuzzy, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I think she killed some of these guys, but you could go, well, you know, she could be really unlucky. She obviously like had problems. Super first husband was super abusive. Second and third were both alcoholics. Uh, you know, the last guy sounded okay. Who knows about the fourth one? But like she was with some guys who seemed to have problems. So if you're with people who are like running in super rough crowds and have those sorts of problems, maybe she's just kind of got bad luck. I'm ready to be like have her say stuff for me to be like, I'm sort of sympathetic. I don't know. And instead I was like, oh, I hate you. Like <laughs> Just terrible and vindictive and like cruel to all these people. And, uh, yeah, so I think she killed some of them, too. I think she killed them all. Yeah, well, uh, I'm going to give her a pass on number one. And, and <laughs> Jared had shaking his head, nope. Why? <laughs> why would you give her? Why? why well, I just need, I need more to be convinced. But for number three and four, I'm, I'm deeply suspicious. And it will, the thing is, we'll never know. She, if, she, if she was innocent, if she were innocent of, of these, all of them, she would be like the most sad person in the world during her interview because she, she would have had That's her heart true. broken five times. It doesn't seem like it affected her one bit. It did not seem like that from the interview No, that's either. terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's very sad. And, I mean, the kids of all these people, her daughter Peggy is a big supporter of hers, but all the other kids in here of the men that she married uh, don't have anything good to say no. about her. Um yeah so there you go nice what was the keys connection oh number three number three was here in the keys naval air yep big carpet key so nice yeah so uh betty newmar yeah female murderer number one there's not i've got a big list of like just kind of murders that happened with like a single link that i have to do more research on I don't know if there's any other female murderers because the murders are not very common down here in the Keys or attempted murders. Uh, yeah, but if this is any example, they're all out there, but no one is investigating. Yeah, who knows? Like, oh, it's impossible <laughs> to me that a woman would have killed her husband. I mean, in the That's 60s, that could have been true. it, right? Of course, in the 50s and 60s, it doesn't compute. Yeah, so uh, there you go, Betty Newmar. Weird. Sad. It it is super sad. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in the description of the podcast, I will link to that BBC documentary, which is on YouTube, so you can watch it for free. It's from 2008, so she hadn't died yet at that point. Oh, yeah, because she was getting interviewed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
You ready for a dog palate cleanser? Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Okay, so this one is uh, about Molly, the dog. She's an absolute unit. <laughs> and uh, her mom, Alyssa, is going for a walk with her boyfriend, Dan, on the beach. And they're kind of walking along. And Dan decides he's going to propose. So he gets down on one knee. And the dog doesn't know what's going on. Poor Molly. She's like, I'm just hanging out here. But Dan had asked one of their friends to kind of hide in a certain spot so the friend could take pictures of the proposal, right? So he's like, I'm going to propose by this pier on the beach to, like, hide real close so you can, like, take some candid pictures. And so the friend is taking the pictures. And, uh, like, the, the girlfriend is, like, facing the water. You can see the dude like down on one knee proposing. And Molly's like, who the heck is this hiding behind a bush? And so all the pictures have like the two of them in the background. And then Molly looking real <laughs> suspicious. At the camera at and the barking, camera. apparently. Yep, then starts barking at the friend. And then it looks behind us like, what the heck is going on? Now they're all like hugging and everything. And, uh, oh, and then and they got Molly it. gets into it too. Yeah, she gets into the picture at the end. But it's like, so they've got these like... <laughs> What are supposed to be like candid engagement pictures and instead the dog's like, look, it's got the face right in the middle of the picture and then like sticking its head up in the second picture. So the dog is definitely the highlight of the engagement. Definitely for us, yeah. Uh, So that's just a cute little dog story. Good job, couple. We'll link to that. That's from the Dodo, uh, which had a whole bunch of heckin' sad stories from the last week. Dodo, we expect happy, not heckin' sad. Uplifting, please, Dodo. Not like, oh, the street dog got its cut treated and then went back to live on the street. I don't want that. <laughs> that, that was literally one that I was like, oh, this will be... happy. No. No. I mean, I'm glad it got its paw treated, but still. That's a lame story. More happy endings, please. Indeed. Uh, any final thoughts before we sign off? I always give you first thoughts and final thoughts. Yeah, no, I, it's weird that... It's not like it says on TV with these investigations or non-investigations. I mean, it must be like 95% of the cases are investigated quickly or not at all. Like They just come in yeah. they're like, oh, someone's dead. Looks like an accident. It's fine. <laughs> we don't have to worry about it. There are, I mean, there's so many of these cases. You know, like I listen to True Crime Garage yeah. every week um, and they do really great research on these stories. And there's so many of them that happen in like these little towns where there's just never any murders. It's so rare yeah. that it's like, uh, there was just one that they were talking about. And, uh, and I think they had a quote from some, I think a sheriff or an FBI and FBI guy. And he's like, you know, that town... If the murder was standi- standing there in front of them, they did an okay job. <laughs> if there was any ambiguity, they just had no idea what to do. And Confession there's, or nothing. Yeah. I mean, basically, like, oh, if the guy's standing there holding the gun, they arrest that guy. But if, like, the murderer ran away, then there's, like, they go, like, ask the boyfriend or whatever, and it's not, they don't know what to do. They're like, and it's the same as if they are investigating a stolen bicycle. They just go, God, good luck with that. I think it's kind of like that. You know, they don't know what kind of stuff to look for. They you know, they lose a lot of evidence. Um, yeah. And so uh, I think there's so many of these cases that like they're suspicious. They, and they don't get like marked as murders. Uh, they believe that it's an accident. They believe that it's suicide or that just go cold because you have investigators that don't know what they're doing. And not that that was necessarily the case here. I mean, it was 1967, who knows, but, uh, yeah. Man, it's not like it on t- like it is on TV. No, 
where like, oh, I cannot rest until I find the scrap of DNA in the corner of the ceiling that nobody has found (laughs) and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, Hope everything goes well. Until next week, don't conk out. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>